Hello, humans. Welcome back. We are now calling ourselves, instead of the We Need to Talk Club podcast, the While You Were Scrolling podcast. You will see all the changes be reflected, so be aware. But right now, you are in our popcorn segment. What does popcorn mean, you mean, you say? Popcorn is our people of color films, where we review films that have been written by, starring, produced by, directed by, all the things by or in, all around, people of color. So, while you were scrolling, we were watching Coco! You know I always like to sneak in my Pixar favorites. So, this is one of them. Animation films are some of the best films out there. Um, and this particular film we are doing to celebrate the National Hispanic Heritage Month. So I believe I have my wonderful co-host. Let's introduce ourselves. I am Tamaya and my co-host is... Hello all, this is Esther from the West Coast. From the West Coast. And she will give us a little bit of a culture corner especially in regards to this Hispanic Heritage Month. Please take it away, my darling. All right, all right, all right. So um, wanted to give a very quick, concise history and culture corner about what is National Hispanic Heritage Month in the mm -hmm. United States. So National Hispanic Heritage Month is annually celebrated from September 15 to October 15 in the United States. Um, for and it's to recognize um, Americans and um, yeah, Americans of Hispanic Americans that have contributed to the history, culture, and achievements for the United States. Very, you know, on the nose sort of uh, definition. Um, it's very, very brief history is that it was the legislation to officially recognize um, Hispanic. Americans um, and their contributions was first started around um, 1868 and it then officially became expanded from like a week to a full month in 1988. Um, and the reason why September, October timeframe was chosen is because it correlates to a number of um, independence days within um, Central and South American countries. Okay. Okay. So kind of just vibed well together with that. Uh -huh. Um, and so what I we wanted to also sort of briefly talk about like what is Hispanic, right? Right. The distinction <laughs> Why do we use the term Hispanic? Um, again at within the United, United States um, definition, like census definition, um, Hispanics, uh, the terminology um, is used um, to define, uh, <laughs> so, la so Hispanic and Latino is used interchangeably within uh American law and just overall like you know language uh -huh. but there is a distinction in that um the term Hispanic is strictly limited to Spain Puerto Rico and all countries where Spanish is the only official language 
Okay. Latino includes all countries in Latin America, even Brazil, uh, regardless of the fact that Portuguese is its only official language, but it does not include Spain. So when we talk of Hispanic, um, it's think of it as like, you know, people who have um, a close colonial history with Spain, whereas Latino is more to refer to the geography of the continent of Central and South America. That makes sense. So and I'm a layman's why, terms kind of girl, so it makes sense to me. Makes sense so to that me. is why, interestingly enough, when you think about it, right, like a Brazilian person, again, mm -hmm. strictly thinking about United States and the way that it defines those terms, right? Mm -hmm. We're being very, very like, pigeonholed because <laughs> it obviously doesn't apply to like the greater global majority and how mm -hmm. they themselves you know see their identities right right so a brazilian person in the united states will be seen as latino mm -hmm. because they are part you know they are from latin america okay versus a mex a mexican person will be seen as hispanic but they're from North America. And now you lost me, but it's all right. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like I said before, right? Those terms are interchangeable. So if you do, again, it, I think it really comes down to like self-identification. If you see yourself as Latino, then you are Latino, right? <laughs> mm, or is it Latinx? And, and well, Latinx and Latine, it's now you're kind of going more into like etymology and the, and, and, um, like the the root of of words and the history of words and that is beyond comprehension. <laughs> but to briefly touch upon it, like so, Latino, right? Um, so the one of the one of the reason why there's been a push to move away from Latino, Latina to more Latin X is mm -hmm. to be more gender inclusive because right, exactly you know latina uh using the very gendered ling um you know spanish language kind of just puts you at a binary right you're either latino male masculine or latina feminine you know woman mm -hmm. uh, but again there's this push against latinx because latinx doesn't really it, it's a very anglo term it doesn't really roll well at to a spanish speaker to say Ooh, latin, you know mm -hmm. so then there's this growing movement to use latine okay um which uh i believe sort of follows certain grammatical and just like um etymological um rules of Spanish, mm -hmm. but there's like again, there's still some push toward that. There's still some like you know conversations that are being made, forth. yeah, back and forth. So again, here we all about like however you wish to still self identify, right? We are here for it. We support it. We celebrate it. We want to learn more from yes. you. So drop us a line. You know, tell us 
how we might be wrong or, you know, kind of give us your perspective. We would love to, um, again, hear from you. But this has been briefly cultural corner about National Hispanic Heritage Month. Correct, but not necessarily culture corner about the terms the film, and Coco. history and all the things because culture within the film Coco, which yes. we are now going to do now. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Coco, yay! Hey, uh, hey, that wasn't that didn't feel authentic. What? <laughs> I'm excited. I'm excited for Coco. If I can find my lit, okay. So this movie that we are talking about today yes. is named Coco. Yes. And it's a 2017 American animation film by mm-hmm. Pixar. Um, and it stars the voices of Antonio Gonzalez, Gayer Garcia Bernal, Benjamin Bratt, Alana Ubach, Rene Victor, Anna Ophelia. Murguya and Edward James Olmos. Again, please forgive me for the mispronunciations. I tried. But the story follows a 12-year-old boy named Miguel, played by Gonzalez, who is accidentally transported to the land of the dead, where he seeks the help of his diseased musician great-great-grandfather to return him to his family among the living and to reverse his family's ban on music. So, uh, why we chose this movie is that it is very much a story that is steeped in Mexican culture, um, specifically around the celebration of Dia de las Muertos. Um, And it was one of the first, I want to say animated films for sure, yes, that had... um, up like just the bulk of its uh actors voice actors be uh of uh latino heritage okay that is why we chose it to honor national hispanic heritage month Yes, thank you very much. (laughs) Now, before we start digging into it with our typical, usual, wonderful questions for our popcorn segmented podcast, there's a spoiler warning. Oh, yes. And also a little cultural corner because I want to share some fun stuff that I found. Yes. You want me to do my spoiler (laughs) warning first or go back into your cultural corner? Spoilers, 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 because it's spoilers, will- spoilers, spoilers. <laughs> this film is in our past now, but that does not mean it's in yours. So please be warned. Spoilers are coming. Okay. It's your turn. So, <laughs> I found this really great little um list about fun facts about the movie Coco from Screen Rent. So wanting to give them their proper dues. You know, we're all about giving people their uh laurels and dues here. <laughs> So one of the first things that surprised me and then like, I was like, but why am I surprised? Is that Disney, which, you know, owns Pixar's and all of that fun stuff, tried to trademark the name Dia de los Muertos (laughs) because that's what they wanted to name the movie. And obviously as my co-host is giving me like, you know, like crazy eyes, 
the caucasity of it all. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, There was an uproar within the Mexican-American community because you cannot trademark something that has been, you know... (laughs) like a whole culture for okay. like centuries and so they you know I, it's like it's like they realize they're that's uh, ridiculous like i'm thinking <laughs> like that's like i'm just thinking about our situation we we like to trademark kwanzaa we like to trademark african-american and all and like, wait a minute wait a minute <laughs> when Walmart when, when tried to trademark juneteenth oh like, my gosh that part that is it's not even go there Y'all, yes, we're back to Spanish here, but that's just the way that hit me. I assume that is how that hit y'all. What? Yes. <laughs> so obviously they 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 realize their, you know, their cocacity, and they dropped it. So that's that. An interesting fact is that this movie made more money in China than it did in the U.S. because it was it's beloved by Chinese uh, theater goers. That's so uh, and I, love, I don't why, know why, but I love that. Yeah. <laughs> and, and one of the reasons that um you know this author is purporting that it did so well is because one, like think about the fact that like, you know, China, they're very strict in their censoring of uh content, especially like foreign films. Uh so the fact that like, you know they kind of like didn't censor Coco as much as other films like speaks volume and that uh, it really resonated with the Chinese censor board because of the theme of, you know, just grief and the fact that, you know, like you're still, there's still this ongoing connection between yourself, the living and your ancestors. And so I think that spoke to the intercultural theme of Coco. <laughs> I love that. Um, the other thing to note that like when you have um, when you see like characters playing the guitar they are actually playing the correct notes of the guitar which then segues to one of the other I love things. when those details are done yeah. like those little detail minute details is excellent. Go ahead. So this film actually took six years to produce And it took so long that like a lot of people thought that it was never going to like see the light of day. Um, And that it might've been abandoned by um, Pixar. But yeah, they just really wanted to do justice because as you really think about a lot of the little details, like the colors about the Abri, what they call Abri Lohis. So like the spirit animals. Like all of their their colors and all of of the movement for uh, Dante, and just all the little sort of like coloring that went into just making you know that world uh, vibrant mm-hmm. took a whole lot of I'm uh, sure of just work and research and and dedication. Like there's this again little tidbit about the fact like. Um, they because they you know it's pixel so they wanted to be as accurate as possible with their animation like they followed one of the producer's mother-in-law just to like get the neck movement for abuela <laughs> you know correct 
just great. I swear to stop. You don't know what goes into films and animation films. Sometimes it's like it is intense. The amount of work that goes into it for it not to necessarily sometimes be taken quite as seriously as um live action films it it just it the work yes <laughs> the, the work. detail I mean, animators like i again like we don't give them enough dues like editors like all the people who are like not i don't want to say in the background because they're not in the background they're just not on our screen Right. So all the people who are not on our screen are like working so hard in an industry that gives them so little respect and so little just like their own dues. But that's you know a rent for another time. <laughs> one last I loved your mini rent just then. It was wonderful. Yeah. One last thing that I wanted to say is that um uh Coco features the first on-screen death of a major character. Mm-hmm. And that is with Hector. We literally do see Hector dying on screen. And that's the first that we've actually ever seen that for a Pixar movie. Seeing the act of them dying? Oh. Yeah. I, we, I, I, I guess, I, yeah. And actually, like, huh. I'm thinking, I'm going through, like, my, 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 like, Mm-hmm. Rolodex of Pixar films, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like Up. They showed her in the hospital, but then she was gone. Finding Nemo. They showed some actions of danger, and then she was gone. You, I guess this is correct, Amundo. Snap. Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Carry on. That is it for. Oh, culture. okay. <laughs> um. Yeah. So one last thing is that Dia de las Muertos. It is. Uh, day that I, I'm I'm so surprised like it's not as understood within the broader like Western. I I I speak about it's like United States because I feel like even in other European countries there is something kind of similar. So a lot of countries, um do have a day like it's separate from halloween it just happens to be like kind of within that same time frame just because right we are essentially an agricultural uh society at the end of the day and we do uh tend to break our years um based on you know crops and nature and all of that fun stuff so um, way back, even like within like Aztec culture, Mayan culture, I believe as well, but you know, please check me if I'm wrong. Um, there has always been this veneration and um, celebration of the departed and giving you know your ancestors their due. Um, right. And so Dia de las Muertos, specifically within Mexican culture, happens toward the end like sundown on November 1st and then like full day of November 2nd um and that is where you go to again right pay your respect to the dead share on share their stories you know eat special meal mm-hmm. uh, and to kind of within the spirit of you know we are 
still connected to those that have you know um left before us and and kind of ultimately also you know kind of keeping that that connection still strong between um those that are still with us those that are that will come you know after us and those that have left you know before us so kind of like that just circle of life so to speak um and specifically within mexican culture you have the ofrenda which is like a table that you set up with with like you know your family and just items that sort of recalls them and their story and all of that stuff and you have the sugar skull uh, skulls the sort of like skull that like you know have like beautiful little painting all of that and again it's not it's that it's it's not like a there's there's no scary frightening thing about it the way no, that like, yeah. people sort of see Halloween, mm -hmm. it really is about that celebration of life that has departed. So it is a happy, colorful, you know, joyous occasion where you do cleanups around the house and you clean up like, you know, your family's, you know, um, tombstone and whatever that, you know, if they still have that, that connection, you travel to see family and like reconnect. And, and, and again, it's, a, and it's, it's all about strengthening family bonds. I would agree. And with that, I'm closing Cultural Corner. We are finally closing <laughs> the film. I appreciate your patience. <laughs> totally understandable. I would expect nothing less for this film because Coco is the goat. So let's get started, mm -hmm. shall we? All right, so our first question that we'll go into in reviewing this film are previews. Share your expectations of the film. What you heard before viewing it. Girl, talk to me. What were your expectations? What have you heard? So I feel at this point, it's like an overused joke. But I really was like on a long flight, probably going to India. <laughs> Where I watched all the things that I like wanted to watch, and I still had like time to kill. And so I was like, mm, "Coco's on here." It's <laughs> from Pixar. Why not? <laughs> right, you almost are sure it's going to be good, nice and light. Why not? Yeah, why not? You know. Um, and uh, I came in like as I do with those, you know, in-flight movies. <laughs> kind of just not expecting anything, not really, like, knowing much about it. I obviously knew that, like, Coco was, like, a thing because I knew, like, I I, I, I could recall, like, poster images and, like, all that. Like, I knew, like, it, it became a thing. The way that, like, you know, I know that, like, Frozen is a thing. Right, <laughs> you know I mean? right, right. But, like, a thing, I, thing, right. But, like, I didn't know anything about the story, who was involved, like, what it was really about, like, nothing, you know? And so here I am on this plane. I feel like I was by myself because, like, after watching it, I was like, oh. <laughs> In a good way. I was like, oh. <laughs> like, heartstrings are fooled. <laughs> All the way. All the way. Sheesh. So um yeah, that is what um 
I sort of like had a in terms of preview and expectations, really. That's what about fair. I'm trying to remember back then. I feel like, well, I'm already down. Pixar, oh, you're dropping another movie? I might as well just pay you a <laughs> monthly fee because you could take my money. Um, and so going into this film, I feel like uh, it was it was clear enough that it was going to be celebrating the Day of the Dead, this film. And <clears throat> that I think that was the main gist of the previews and all that jazz, the colors, the experiences, this kid um, connecting with his ancestors. And so that was all I had heard and prepared for. And, you know, with Pixar, they typically, if they... Um, their preference is to hide the plot for the most part from the previews and all that jazz. As most films I feel like do, but Pixar especially, they'll let you think whatever you want to think. Nowadays, they just give you teasers, spoilers without any information or indication of what you're about to see. And then you go in just ready to burst open from whatever this film is going to evoke from you. So I think that's all I, all I was ready for. Pixar... And learning about the Day of the Dead. And that was the limit of it. So my next question to you, good friend. Our inciting incident question. What did the inciting incident incite in you? And we always need to, for the most part, agree. So please. Well, I really that inciting incident is when Dante, the dog, um, sort of, you know, what 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 is the term? What is the word that I'm looking for? Basically, like you know, goes into the ofrenda table and like knocks over the photo of you know Mama Emilda and Coco and what we presume to be her Coco's dad, but we can't, don't know what he looks like, right? Right, because the head's cut off. Yeah, and then Miguel sees it like. Uh, the man in the picture is holding a guitar that looks exactly like his idol de la cruz and he's like you know i like that's the connection that we have right here like his family like i have to like you know connect with him like go to right. his like um what or tombstone is it ofrenda no. no your friend is like the table that the family sets up like he wanted right. to go and and use uh the La Cruz guitar that is oh yeah 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 in his, um, in his at the burial site correct and burial uh yeah uh chambers exactly so that is what really propels our uh, movie I feel like is that moment when he thinks that he has a connection to the La Cruz agreed so what did it incite in you I agree that that is definitely it um. What did incite in me? Again, I feel like <laughs> it was one of those moments where like I didn't realize that it was the inciting incident. You know what I mean? Like because again, like I said, I was going in the at my first viewing, I was going in completely like unaware. Yeah. And I and I have rewatched the movie for you know this recording, so things are fresh in my mind, but still I was like that moment sort of like I don't know just like it glazed over like it just yeah glazed over for me and because I'm just like enamored with that world with the colors with like just 
I can even feel sort of like the smell and like just the music and like the vibrancy of it. So like I am completely in it. And at the same time, I'm like, it, for me, it was like a mystery because I was like, clearly we're going to find out who this man is, right? And what is his, what is Miguel's connection to Dera Cruz? Like there has to be some connection, obviously. Right. So all throughout, you know, his, you know, Miguel's journey, I'm like, I'm right there with you, pal. Like, I need to know. Like, how Like how is this going to work out? Who are these people? Like, how are you going to come home? Like, I am invested. I am in it. Because it's it's simultaneously, like, so simple of um, premise slash um, hero's journey. Hero's journey, yeah. Um, yet very um, complex. You know, and and brings up like search different themes about like being authentic to oneself, about pursuing one's dreams, even like when it goes against, you know, family um sort of path for you. Um, when it comes to like just putting yourself out there as an artist, as a musician, and 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 when do you get to call yourself an artist and a musician and a creative? And also like about family and like connection. Oh, it's just just so much <laughs> that I, like I said, was just like, I was just in for the ride. I did not care like about like the te technicalities of it. Okay. I was, I was just like bought in from like the moment that he saw that picture. Touche. Okay. 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 By the way, it, it, it's a very well created incited incident because it's so subtle. It was. It was so high drama. Because, <laughs> like, you get, you know, you see this kid. He talks about his family. They're all into, what, creating shoes. Um, Like, it's, they have a whole business behind it, I believe. It was shoes, right? Yes, 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 yes. Yes, they have a whole business behind it. Family business is what you're supposed to do. And of course he has this little secret how he loves music and everything is accepted in this family except for music. Yeah. What? <laughs> I mean, vehemently so. So he has, of course he, his love is the one thing his family will not, cannot accept because of this man <clears throat> that we don't know who he is and what he's done when he abandoned the family for music. And so when he has this moment of kind of like, I'm going to steal this guitar, I guess the exciting incident that um, hit me was, heck yeah, let's do this thing. Rebel, rebel. <laughs> I was all for it. Um, leave them suckers. Go figure this out. You know, you don't need it. I, I have this streak in me. And I don't really be like this in real life because, you know, I really do want my family to accept me and all the things and give me support. But when I'm in it and I'm watching stuff like this, I'm like, screw them. You'll show them. Get out of here. So it incited in me a full sense of family who? Family where? Let's get out here and do this thing. Dreams first. Dreams first. Always. So yeah. I would say that confidently. But anyway. Um, next question is Climax. Who would you consider the protagonist antagonist in this particular film? And did the climax deliver? I mean, yes, the climax deliver. Like it was such a 1000% delivers. Like 
It was such a good twist. Yes. And it's it was one of those things that, again, right, when I was watching it for the first time, I'm like, oh, it's called Coco. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the grandmother's named Coco. But, like, literally, I, like, that information just, like, <laughs> went in and out the ear. <laughs> Same. No, it ain't just you. You know, I was, I was like, oh, there's Miguel, there's Hector, there's Dela Cruz, there's like Mama Emilda, there's Frida Kahlo. There's like all these like interesting characters, you know? And so <laughs> I, like, it took me forever to like realize just how sweet it was that it's called Coco. Yeah. Because she is like the one that like, like the, like, the continuation of the 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 families you know link between the living and the dead in a way like resided on her shoulders uh-huh, uh-huh. um <laughs> and it like i feel like that's you know kind of giving her her laurels of like you know calling the movie after her coco but anyway um in terms of like the actual climax right and the climax we will say is when uh you know, you have Himelda, the great-grandmother, and Hector, the great-grandfather, reuniting on the stage where De La Cruz was, you know, scheduled to perform. And they come in, they sweep in, trying to grab a picture of Hector yeah. that De La Cruz stole so that um, uh, Miguel, when he goes back to the living world, can put it on his ofrenda. You know, would you even say that is the climax? Well, what I would say that is the climax, but I would also say the beginning of the climax to me was the discovery. So when they are in the pit and they discover that they yes. are. Yes. Okay. He discovers that the dude this whole time we've all been thinking is most definitely your grandfather at this point is in fact <laughs> not. <laughs> Even he thought he was just grandfather at some point. I have a grandson. Ernesto de la Cruz. And just for all that to kind of come to a head and you realize, no, dude, man, who's been helping him through the entire world of the dead, Hester, Hector, is actually the grandpa with that big old shoulder picture. <laughs> Sorry. Carry no, and, and and yeah, so I guess in a way that could be, yeah, like you said, the beginning of the climax for sure, right? Yes. Um and I think another climax, or is that a turning point? Because like a new cinephile, for me also is when you know there's still that tension because like even when Miguel goes back to the living, right, and he goes to his grandmother and he's like trying to make her remember. Like, you know, he doesn't have any pictures, doesn't have anything to, like, Ooh. connect. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, please. I'm like, I want Edgar to stay with us, please. He just want to be with his little girl. He just want to be with his little girl. As a parent, it's just, like, like pulls at your heartstrings, you know? Yes. And that's all he wants is to see his little girl, which is that's like, all he's wanted for all these years, trying to sneak past TSA, damn <laughs> yeah. TSA security, constantly trying different day going activities <laughs> just to get back to see her. And um, the fact like no, she had that photo, that picture the whole time. Ah, oh, ah, oh, I 
I'm like, yes, Coco. <laughs> I'm not so much pain, but I am for shame. It was. <laughs> Yo, we were all on the edge of our feet, stressed. The day one photo is going, Hector, it's going to be going forever. No. And then go this chick start opening up this dresser drawer. We're like, what you doing to me, Coco? And she brings it out. It was too much. It was too much. I know. And she's like, like all these like letters and like stop. And I'm like, Coco, you could have like shared this with the world like eons ago, Coco. <laughs> so it's so called, like the villain in a way. Oh no, you gonna call Coco the intact? I mean, you know, no. it's all death. I don't think Coco is a villain, but I'm just saying that, like, she could have opened up in, like, the many, many years she's been alive. <laughs> I think, no, but then, then here we go, right? Here we go. You both agree on that climax was all the things. We even have to mention, before we even go into the protagonist, answer yeah. the protagonist I just really want to mention that, of course, what brought Coco into the light, back into her moment of realizing who she is and who her parents were, and her daddy was the song that he created from the get to for her as yeah. as, as as when she was a little girl, and he yeah. wrote all the songs that Ernesto de la Cruz took and ran off with. Yeah, the yeah. one being "Remember Me," which ends up being Ernesto's most popular song in a yeah. whole different um. That's not what would it be called? Tone, a whole different. I don't know the music composition. Music. Maybe a whole different composition. But mm -hmm. it's like sped up and everything when Onesto yeah. does it. Everyone yeah. knows this song. We hear it like at least 20 times in the film. Yes. Um, so we know this is the way this song's supposed to go. Once the climax hits and we realize that Ernesto is not only the grandfather, but that and 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 we've been led to believe that grand the grandfather, Coco's daddy, abandoned her and his wife to go and do music. We find out that he went to do some music for a little while, but was feeling like, no, I want to be with my family and was going to go back. But since Ernesto knew that Hector, he needed his songs and his talent as much, he did not want to lose him. Like you can't, they can't, if I can't have you, no one can. He kills <laughs> him and takes all his music and changes it into whatever. So through this beautiful climax, we realize that that song is for Coco. Yeah. And to bring her back when he goes back to real life, a live world, our world, yeah, the living world, things to her because he realized talking to her isn't doing it because she's losing, she's losing her memory. She's very mm -hmm. old at this point, and he starts singing the original. Remember mm -hmm. me? Oh, oh, you talk about tears, baby. Mm. I was swamped. Oh. Gone, you hear me? Gone. I was crying to the gods. Gone. Especially because this hit this this film hit me and my family pretty hard because our matriarch, who we all came here from and knew from living in Jersey, she mm -hmm. traveled to North Carolina from the South um, with her husband, was my grandmother Mamie, Grandma Mamie, and Mamie um, ended up having Alzheimer's. Actually, ten kids all together, her and her siblings, all five boys, no Alzheimer's. All five girls got Alzheimer's. It was crazy. And so we ended up basically having to watch her deteriorate for mm -hmm. a decade. So we knew this, I feel like this hit, this hit strings we wasn't trying to strum. Like, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> this is not what this movie's supposed to be about. So 
the level of tears on that end, just having a grandmother who does not know who you are from the past, and then you had to like revive her back for those lucid moments. Done. Completely done. That's what I got to say about that. Dang it. Remember me? Oh, it was so slick the way they did that switch up. Oh, it was so good. Because we knew about the song from the start. I love a good Pixar. Just I just love good writing. I love good filmmaking. Hallelujah. So that aside, protagonist and antagonist. Mm -hmm. I would argue, not Coco, the antagonist has to be either, obviously it's Ernesto, but I think you could be confused. For most of the film, their antagonist seems like grandma. The wife of Hector. Which one? Imelda or like... The one who was Hector's wife. Oh, Imelda. Imelda. She's the one who initiated, right? Because first grandma seemed like a, 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 a victim, an enemy villain mm -hmm. too. She mm -hmm. went, she, the first one who initiated the no music rule because she was scorned mm -hmm. by a man leaving her and mm -hmm. never coming back. That passed down her, her hatred for him just passed down generations and generations and generations to Coco's daughter who would not allow poor our main character to do any dang on music because of it. And so I would even venture to say she may also be villain. I mean, it's not her, I can, but it's understandable villain because I too would be pretty pissed if my dude just dipped and never, never came back. And I didn't know what happened to him. The fact they were both living in the day of the, in the day of the dead world, not that far from each other, just not even talking about it. <laughs> like, Hector's out here in the dumps for getting forgotten. From what I gather is that like she, Himilda, like really felt hurt, like seriously felt hurt. And I, and knowing know what we sort of like know about Ernesto, true. Um, I feel that like, you know, he probably gave her some like story about, oh yeah, like, you know, he, he went off from me, you know, got caught up with like some girl and just like, you know, bounce off of, you know, just like give her some story. Yeah. You believe in those days, right? Like, I mean, you're not, not going to chase some person down. Like if they even move like a town over and like, for all you know, like they basically are quote unquote dead to you because like, there's no way for you to like really find them unless like you have money and resources to go and find somebody who's quote unquote missing or mm -hmm. doesn't want to be found. And so I think just like when you are that hurt and that scorned and that betrayed, right? Right. It carries over, like no matter, like throughout the centuries. And I feel like maybe like that definitely um, stopped her from bothering to even like want to know about him. Like, you know, you might, you might, she might have like, you know, crossed path and she's like, oh, okay, I'm just going to like turn my face cross the street and not even like, you know, give you a second glance kind right. of thing. And like the... Because right, because when they realized they met, she didn't even seem like she was phased. Like she knew he was down there. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> I mean, at, at this point, like, you know, she, he has to be dead at this point. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but it was also like she, she wasn't phased that like he was in the state that he was. Right. You know? Um, so yeah, for sure at some point, like she also was sort of like a maybe not a full-on like protagonist uh antagonist, but definitely like um a, a contrarian character, right? Because 
you know, she did, they did, were, they weren't able, she was able to bring Miguel back to the living, like, you know, in seconds, but she had that stipulation of like, you are not going to do music. Right. The moment he like, you know, got back to the living, he grabbed that guitar and started streaming his little like, you know, fingers. And he was like brought right back in. <laughs> um, and so Sorry, that was great. <laughs> he's like, sure, I won't do it. That was that was a great time. I enjoyed seeing that. <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> that was funny. Yeah, and and another thing that I feel like, in terms of climax, right? Yeah, it, it's bringing the theme of when we hold on like what is there's this thing in english right where it's like um holding on to hatred is like poisoning yourself but expecting the other person to be hurt yeah something along those lines right yeah and i poison and expecting the other person to die or something like yeah yeah and i think that's like kind of what happened here right we're like her like himelda is just pain was so great that mm. she inevitably created something that you know her daughter and her granddaughter right abuela yeah. is still carrying on like not really understanding why and understanding yeah. why you know and what they say and, generational um curses yeah and 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 that is just sort of not allowing them to it literally didn't allow them to listen to music where they could have literally made money off of it you know in a way not to be capitalistic <laughs> but like you know what i mean like they could have like elevated themselves to the level of Ernesto de la cruz within their town because they're right. all about Ernesto de la cruz <laughs> yeah so yeah yeah so i'm sorry i didn't realize you wanted me to go okay (laughs) no i didn't want to like take you i totally agree though the fact they were even able to avoid it that long where literally everywhere you turn that but that helps to build i feel like that helps to build that resentment even further Mm -hmm. just be like you know what screw you so now that we've discussed the climax and even, you know, did a little debate over the protagonist antagonist situation, how dare you throw Coco down there? We are going to talk about the impact. What okay. was the film's impact on you? How did it make you feel, friend? Oh. It, like, made me appreciate my ancestors. <laughs> and that's word, all- word. I, it made, like, it made me, like, you're, like, I didn't grow up with grandparents, um so it really just made me yearn for what I didn't have and in turn um really put sort of like a fire under me to foster that relationship you know with like for my kids Mm -hmm. because I have like you know very young kids if my listeners don't know so I really you know am like not trying because it's not hard but it's like just really 
want to be a conduit for them to have good, healthy relationship with their grandparents. And and luckily for them, they even have great grandparents that are still alive. And so that is something that like me and my partner, we, you know, really care about. So that translates to us taking an annual trip every, well, obviously it's annual every year uh, <laughs> with, you know, very young kiddos who are not yet three um, to India so that they can have, you know, some time with their great grandparents. Mm. So, yeah. So that's one thing in terms of the impact of Coco. The other thing is, again, just like being like learning about, um, you know, the culture that surrounds or like the traditions more so, like the tradition that surrounds uh, Dia de los Muertos. Like that was completely new to me. So and I, so I definitely appreciate learning about that in such a very vibrant, colorful, um, emotional way. Yeah. Um, and kind of the other impact for me is, um, like I said, just like all the themes that it brought up about just connection and, 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 and finding one's sort of voice and, and, and being true to oneself and kind of the optimism of youth. like as we get older you kind of get more stubborn and and you know a little bit more quote-unquote realistic and pessimistic and and the way that we see the world um but to never stray too far away from just the the wonders Uh and 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 not get too sort of what's that word uh passive about things and still uh-huh. under and you know others and and sort of just around like or diff or different cultures and traditions and and music and all of those things that like are different about us but that still make us you know a vibrant interconnected uh you know world that's me what about yourself I would say, thank you. I would say that's very, I I totally agree with that sentiment. And the impact was very similar to me. I've kind of already slipped my impact with my own personal experience with my grandmother. But yeah, it kind of um, drew up an even more, a bigger appreciation to me for my elders and for those connections we have and those little things that we do that we both like, you know, that kind of, like, like I would, I immediately went into those moments. Like Miguel, he wasn't spending every waking moment with his grandma Coco, as many children will not necessarily do so, but they do have those moments that they uh, cling to or that was just their own. Um, I would say like mine with my grandmother was sitting at her kitchen table always had a tablecloth on there that was fraying. I continued to mess with it. Um, She would always be at the stove cooking me some level of lunch from chicken nuggets to, I know I'll even choose her vegetable soup, which was amazing. 
and us watching whatever the heck was on that five channel TV box on her table, whether that was freaking Jeopardy, Wheel of Fortune, one of my faves, that whole jazz. Um, and it was just strictly hours or when she would let me take a nap with her or when we would walk to the fish market together. Just those little moments that just you, you really truly treasure and that define your experiences with grandma to you. So yeah, um, the impact was was deep and full and overwhelmingly satisfying. It was it was glorious. It was glorious. I truly, truly appreciated this story as so many others do. <clears throat> so now we will move on to one of our final um, segments, one of the final segments two of the two. Yeah, we got two final segments. Now it's one, your popcorn moment. So I have one. Um, I know I ain't supposed to because I'm not the one being the questions being answered, you know, asked oh, too. I, but I, uh, okay, I feel like all of this, like you know, sort of, uh, what's that word? Wording. Just, just let it out, girl. Just let it out. No, I'm, no, I, I'm, I'm not, I'm not because it's your, it's, it's your, it's your stage. <laughs> you have to do it first. At this point, I think I can argue that we need to just both drop our own popcorn <laughs> moments because us trying to make the other one choose it just it hurt too much. Yeah. Um, to think we go to walk over this podcast without sneaking it in. So let's just let's just I mean, let's just do that now. Let's just do it. So, We're gonna do it now. We're gonna say it today. <laughs> so my popcorn moment is when he sings Un Poco Loco because that song is fire. Like I love Un Poco Loco. <laughs> ah. That is such a good song. I like sometimes just like play it from fun. Are you serious? <laughs> it's a good song. That song, good song. Yeah, that song was hype. That song was hype. I give you that. Okay. Like, so yeah, that's my performance. Really like it was like that that was the first time he ever said, you know, got himself on stage and he was Yeah, so performed. Did his dream, oh. right? Made his dream yeah. come alive. And it was like, like I don't, I don't know, like what about that scene? But like, there's this moment where like he, you know, is like very afraid and terrified, right? And he like glints at Hector, and Hector's like, you know, kind of like, you know, giving him like a heads up, like really just like being his little cheerleader, like kind of yeah. just messing him up. And he looked like you could see that again, like the animation is so real, like you can see where he just sort of like gets that burst of confidence from having Hector there. You know, yeah. and he like starts screaming his guitar, and he like does that. I like that first like just <laughs> think that they were just um uh what is the word like rehearsing a little bit before, and then he like really got into it, and, like just like got was so natural about it. And he was just like oh, it's <gasps> okay. It's, it's funny because we didn't know then, but now that we know that that's his grandfather, that's really what a grandpa will do. <laughs> Yeah, like we'll just cheer you on regardless of how you are from you know any part from the audience from the back of the stage just be completely and fully in your corner and being that Miguel went through this film not having any of the support he wanted from his family mm -hmm. to have what he didn't even know was his family giving him this is the first person who gave him I would say there was a group of um i i don't know for sure the correct term or what they were called but a group of musicians who first tried to get him to like go ahead and play and that's when he oh, first the got in trouble. Yeah, yeah. The mariachi, he first got in trouble a little bit but this is the first time 
that someone really was in his corner and giving him nothing but full support. And like Esther said, that moment really registered with him and he just went for it. And it was good. It was so good. So yeah, I agree. That was a great popcorn moment. <laughs> My popcorn moment, which is crazy. Isn't it technically a musical, but then maybe it is. It's not. So, yeah, that's actually one of the things that they talk about when you read about the film that like, it's yeah. kind of like, a first of its kind for Pixar's or like it's a non-musical musical. Yeah. It's about music and it's about the art of like creating and being a performer and all of yes. that. But it actually the the, the characters don't sing. Yes. And yes. that's way that, like the musical it's... needs for the music to be intertwined, interwoven yes. with the actual script. And so yes. it helps the film move along in that way because they're still telling the story as they go. This was just breaks for freaking entertainment. Like on the stage yeah. right now, break performances. Yeah. <laughs> so my popcorn moment mm -hmm. was another song when Hector was singing to his friend who was dying. Because um, oh. I guess they did show two people dying in this film yes well yes because that was a second death like that was his yes second yes death. so yeah. we see he, he, he's like you know give me that one more song one more time and he takes a drink back and he starts to play he starts to play the song uh what's it called Juanita I can't oh everyone everyone knows Juanita and that part with it well everyone knows Juanita her eyes each a different color her teeth stick out and her chin goes <laughs> in and her knuckles drag on the floor <laughs> when he changed the lyrics that quick moment because his grandson was there instead of talking about her knockers drag on the floor <laughs> he's like her knuckles they drag on the floor <laughs> it was just so sweet and also like I feel like a great ode to good like folklore and old songs and you know lyrics that that could be wild because it's some old drug men who made them up <laughs> but it's like it's culture it's tradition it's all those things wrapped in one I don't know how many quote-unquote technically inappropriate behind songs from my own culture as an African-American that was sung out there in the South, it's just like, oh, <laughs> you really listen to the lyrics. You're just like, oh. So it, it was really good. I loved it. I thought it was hilarious. Great, great popcorn moment. Yes, As I say myself, I do where, say so myself. Like this movie had, like, you know, it had com comedic moments and it had like just heartbreaking moments. And that was one of them together because yeah. it like, because again, like as you're watching this movie, right? Um, Again, if you're not aware of like the traditions and the in the culture surrounding the Odoros Muertos as we didn't, myself and Maya, um like you real like you learn that like, oh yeah, not like you have this kind of physical death, but there's yeah. also this other death that happens when you are no longer remembered by anyone at all. And that ripped me <laughs> because you know like because I feel like if there is such a world out there because for me like I'm I'm in my sort of like unbothered era where I'm like you know what like death to me it's a, it's a natural process it's blah 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 like I not that I don't care about it but like I don't necessarily like am afraid of it mm -hmm. but to know that like there might be this possibility of like 
like know that like nobody knows you it like remembers you or like even like thinks of you anymore man oh oh (laughs) it is so smart and strategic like i would have loved to be in the writer's room of this story especially because it took so long to create and finalize of like how they came up with that that like to have Coco, to have this family not remember this person for this reason and for music to be the heart of it all and for Coco and her daddy to have this secret song and the story actually be legitimate. Like we walk away not hating daddy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You're like, oh, you were murdered. Acceptable. Acceptable. I understand why you why you didn't come back. Like, like they were able to create all of this tense yeah. storyline, drama, reasoning and answer all those questions this world building yeah it was crazy it was so good i understand why it took so long because it is really such an intricate story oh my goodness it's good stuff that was a good movie i'm so glad we got to talk about it it was a good movie yes our next question final question your popcorn rating yes this I like to call our rewind the tape segment, which is, is this film worth rewinding that tape? I'm thinking about back in the day. It was good times. Um, but what is the popcorn rating? If there was an extra, extra large, that would be the popcorn rating. But we only have extra large, so. Salty and buttery. Extra large popcorn. Thank you. Yes. What's about you? I agree. No, no. I mean, as I said, right, this is. I, I agree. I realize now it's like. I don't know if I should or should not continue to watch random movies on airplanes and be crushed by it. <laughs> you should definitely keep going. This is rewind the tape worthy. This is go ahead, put that VHS in there that shows our age. Let that thing go like that sound. Do it, do it, do it, do it. And always, if there's a Pixar option, choose first. Choose first. I have like, like, uh, like I've seen all of the ones that I care to see. They're all so good, though. If you haven't seen them all, you need to. Mm-hmm. I, I'm sorry. I don't have really a picture I didn't like. It's rough. Okay. I have ones that are least favorites, but I don't have one that I didn't didn't like. Shoot, I just got a book bag based off of one of the Pixar movies I enjoyed. <laughs> all right. Well, not to keep you all here too long right thank you all for being on this journey with us and celebrating national hispanic heritage month thank you thank you thank you we ask that you um follow us support us review us on all your podcast listening platforms we will be the call the while you were scrolling podcast and we love you all we thank you all yet again and we will see you in the credits Bye. bye